Hi guys, this is Vikram Raya again with another episode of Limitless MD, and I'm really excited to answer some questions I've been getting from uh, different members, uh, from investors, from clients, uh, from people following the blog, the posts, the uh, the websites, as well as the podcast. So here it is, guys. Here here are, my, here are the questions people are asking. What if you could reclaim hours of free time each week, create legacy building wealth, and devote more energy to your passion projects without giving up on your career as a life-saving MD? My name is Vikram Raya, functional cardiologist, high-performance coach, and real estate expert. And I'm here to give you the tools, strategies, and solutions you need to transform your life so you can unlock your limitless potential and achieve greatness, all the while freeing up your precious time. Welcome to Limitless MD. Let's dive in. If you're a physician who's making good money, but you're feeling stuck in your current situation, or if you're tired of feeling just comfortable and are ready to pivot toward that freedom and wealth lifestyle you always wanted, then I want to introduce you to my newest program. It's called the Physician Wealth Accelerator, also known as PWA. In PWA, you're going to learn the strategies to gain more passive and active income. You'll learn how to free up 10 plus hours a week to pursue your passions and side gigs. If this resonates with you, then I want to personally invite you to join our elite community of high achieving doctors in the Physician Wealth Accelerator. This is a completely free coaching group where you'll be around other professionals in the medical field who are like you and looking to uplevel their life. You'll get access to live monthly masterclasses, live Q&As, and all my best personal resources as well as Access my new app to help you become limitless. If you want to check it out, there will be a link in the show notes for you. Just click it and you'll be able to join this exclusive community of high-performing docs. Looking forward to connecting with you on the inside. Question number one, the five freedoms you talk about the most, what are they? Well, you know, if you're a physician who's making good money, but you're feeling stuck in your current situation, or if you're tired of feeling just comfortable and are ready to pivot toward that freedom and wealth lifestyle you always wanted, then I want to introduce you to my newest program. It's called the Physician Wealth Accelerator, also known as PWA. In PWA, you're going to learn the strategies to gain more passive and active income. You'll learn how to free up 10 plus hours a week to pursue your passions and side gigs. If this resonates with you, then I want to personally invite you to join our elite community of high-achieving doctors in the Physician Wealth Accelerator. This is a completely free coaching group where you'll be around other professionals in the medical field who are like you and looking to uplevel their life. You'll get access to live monthly masterclasses, live Q&As, and all my best personal resources, as well as access my new app to help you become limitless. If you want to check it out, there will be a link in the show notes for you. Just click it and you'll be able to join this exclusive community of high-performing docs. Looking forward to connecting with you on the inside. This five freedoms framework um, really came about for me in 2020 when I was trying to figure out where to take my life. Um, I was in a place where I had a, a tremendous amount of opportunity, but I had a tremendous amount of stress. I was feeling spread out too thin. I didn't figure out what was the golden thread that really connected all my life. And I realized what I was chasing was freedom. And so it was not just what we all consider freedom. Like, Hey, I want more free time or I just want more money. No, I, I wanted it all. And I was like, what does all mean to me? And for me, that meant the five freedoms that meant I wanted to have enough uh, wealth, income, cash flow that I could really 
take a pause, a breath, and decide, hey, where do I want to spend the rest of the years of my life? And, and not have to worry about, you know, paying the bank, the mortgage, um, having to take care of my children's college fund, um, you know, being able to uh, take vacations when I wanted to, you know, live the lifestyle I wanted to and not have to scrimp, save and worry and live quote unquote below my means. I did not want that. So financial freedom and more importantly, really financial abundance was really the number one freedom I was chasing. Number two was time. There are a lot of people I know who are very wealthy. They're very successful, but I they, they don't own their schedule. In fact, um, their schedule owns them. Uh, they're not allowed to take vacations. They're, they work 70, 60, 80, 90 hours a week. Um, and they're not overall, I, I would say, content. They're they're literally chained to their phone, chained to their work, chained to something. And again, so uh, having that flexibility of free time was super important to me. And I really strove to acquire that. And that required, you know, um, many things. And we'll, we'll talk, discuss that in a second. Uh, the last three freedoms um, are, you know, would I... I don't know if I would call them secondary freedoms, but they're the ones that once the first two are met, you're more ready to approach those. And I would say number three, you have to be health. Um, and more than health, a lot of people are quote unquote are healthy or they're quote unquote not sick. But I think that's a low standard and I don't want to live by low standards. I want to raise my standards consistently. I want to take it to the next level. So I thought, you know, I'm not on medications. I'm doing quite well, but is that truly vibrant? Is that vitality? Is that, you know, superhuman? Is that optimization? Uh, no, it's not. I need to go that next, next level. So, you know, I really focused on um, all these strategies to really up-level my health into what I call more vitality, human optimization, biohacking, and longevity and anti-aging. And that's what I call a, a vitality freedom. The last two are really really nice. And it's really nice to have uh, number four is mindset freedom. This is the freedom to really have a bulletproof mindset and evolving over time into different levels of consciousness. You go from, you know, surviving to stability, to comfort, to finally resiliency, you know, people will die in your life uh, around you. There'll be uh, upturns in your business. Economic crises will occur. Um, there will be a winter coming for everybody. And we, you may be in winter right now. Can you not be in suffering though? Because suffering is optional. You may have downturns, um, storms in your life, but, the, but choosing to live in a beautiful state, a happy state, a resilient state um, is really a choice. And it's, and it's also a skill set that must, you, must, you have to put the reps in. And so uh, and eventually moving beyond even a beautiful state to self-oxidization, uh, liberation, really feeling, you know, at peace with the world, regardless of what's going on and just feeling thankful of every day. I'm not there yet. That's where I want to be. So that's what I call mindset freedom. And the final one is literally having the world as your playground. The world is your oyster. You literally can live from anywhere and accomplish anything. This is having location or geographic freedom. So these are the five freedoms I chase, I strive for, and I feel like I've done a reasonable job in achieving some level of it in, in all these five categories. The next one is the question I've been asked is your financial independence. What's my definition? Um, 
the definition of financial independence is different than financial freedom is different than financial abundance. But let's start with independence. Um, I would say independence is you have enough money to cover your basic expenses. I think that's a really simple de definition and may, may hold true for us. You can essentially cover, you know, uh, your routine expenses, nothing not saying like if a, a trip comes along some unexpected major expense that's probably different and you may have a storehouse of money for that but your day-to-day -day routine expenses is covered through cash flow and it's preferably passive in nature right where you potentially do not have to work for that cash flow and it's still uh covered so that's financial independence that's the definition um but again i say why strive for independence strive for wealth and and truly abundance where you can write a check to your favorite charity for 50k and not even sweat you can help a family member in need uh, and a lot of times 10 20 000, 10 000, 20 000, 30 000, 50 thousand dollars uh, can truly be a game changer in someone else's life and you want to have that capability to do that um you know <laughs> i i sort of joke nowadays like i go most problems um, nowadays can be solved by uh, uh, you know, throwing a thousand dollars or less toward that problem. And, um, you know, the things that really sort of frustrate us the most, uh, if they could be solved by a thousand dollars or less, I mean, and you assume you have a 10 or 20 of these problems a year, that's a reassuring feeling. So this is how I'm starting to think about things, uh, and, and also be proactive. Um, and also don't make problems bigger than they are going, but I digress. Let's go back. Uh, next question. This is a question about physicians. Um, they say poor doctors, uh, that it's more of like a doctor mindset. Uh, there's a poverty mindset for physicians. And, and I say poverty, not in the truest sense of poverty, meaning you live below the poverty line. They have this scarcity mentality and it allows them not to truly be wealthy. And, um, you know, there's a, there's a quote saying most doctors don't have $1 million after a decade of working. Why is it so hard for these physicians? Uh, if you want to be very simplistic about it, it's choice. They didn't make the choice to be wealthy. You have to choose to be wealthy, right? Um, you can be rich by winning the laundry, but uh, the lottery, <laughs> but you're not wealthy. You have to choose to be wealthy. So um, I made a choice in 2000. I want to say uh, I was 33. So it's 2011. And I was finishing up my, my fellowship in cardiology and i was like something this, this 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 feeling came into me and it was by the age of 40 if i'm still practicing medicine something went terribly wrong and <laughs> that was the exact phrase i said to myself and i didn't know where it came from but that's what what i felt i felt like if i'm and i'm saying just be a doctor just because i feel like being a doctor is just one of the many identities I want to encompass. And so I knew that I was meant for more, for different things. I wanted to, you know, utilize all my skill sets. And I felt um, rele being relegated to just one profession was maybe not the right choice just for me. And so when I made that decision, it literally unlocked um, a viewpoint, uh, a discipline, a hunger, a sort of urgency in my life. And it made me take decisions that I wouldn't have otherwise taken. And in the end, I was able to retire at the age of 40 from cardiology because I had built up 
uh, cash flow wealth from my real estate assets. I had learned several other skill sets behind cardi beyond, beyond cardiology, um, including functional medicine, business, marketing, um, sales, uh, thought leadership, you know, uh, how to run companies. And all of this has led to where I am now. So I would say the number one reason why most doctors don't have a million dollars after a decade of working is it wasn't their priority. It wasn't their intention. It wasn't, they didn't make a decision. And so if you don't make a decision, all paths can lead to your destination. So what's the next question? The next question is, uh, I've been asked is how important is mindset for financial discipline or financial freedom? I think mindset's everything. If you're given a large amount of wealth, such as people who inherit a large amount of wealth, um, they don't have the uh, financial rigor, the wealth training to, in, to maintain that wealth, to expand that wealth, and to grow and exponentially increase that wealth. Uh, you need to have that mindset. Uh, one, you know, abundance is really not a, a, a bank amount in your, in, in your account. It's not a... It's not how many cars you own, how many homes you own, you know, what kind of watches you own. Abundance is really a mindset and feeling abundant, doing abundant things, attracting abundance and wealth to you is really that mindset. And so cultivating that mindset and it's really about certain principles of wealth. If you follow these principles, anyone on this earth can be wealthy. And what I encourage people to do is hang around wealthy people, um, abundant people, see how they talk, see how they feel, uh, see what they do. And in reality, money is not money. Money is a currency and currency, you know, current, the word current is electricity, right? It's energy, it's flow. And a lot of people make money uh, into something as like a rare, scarce item that needs to be hoarded. But in fact, it should be shared. It should be uh, spread and the more money flows, and I use the word velocity of money, the more you have velocity of money, the more likely um, you'll accumulate it more. And as you give money away and you give wealth and flow and away toward things that you believe in, toward causes, toward helping others, inevitably it flows right back to you and most likely in even greater amounts. Also, if money is also considered value, how much value are you adding to the world in order for you to gain more wealth and money? So these are some of the concepts I have in terms of the mindset. Next question people have asked me is, hey, what steps can one take to get financial independence? Well, this is pretty easy. Um, uh, one, decide what does financial independence mean to you? And again, you can use the simplistic definition I explained earlier. Uh, Financial independence could be, hey, uh, I need to earn, let's say, $20,000 a month to be financially independent. Okay, great. So once we have that number, then we have to have a, a time frame, right? When do you want to achieve this by? Let's give ourselves a typical. So here's what I've known to be true in terms of goal setting and in, in, in engineering your, your vision for life. We underestimate um, what we can do in three years, but we overestimate what we can do in one year. So using that as a framework, set a ro robust three-year vision and then go back and create a one-year vision 
and then with your one year one year goals, then break it down to quarterly goals. The mo- the number one mistake people do in goal setting is they create even three year or one year vision, ten year vision, all of that, but they forget to then break it down into the fundamentals. What do I do in the next ninety days that will then contribute toward making momentum toward my one year goal? And so in the, that ninety day period, you need to break it down into what am I going to do in the next thirty days, and in thirty days, what I need to do this week, and this week, what I need to today to hit my weekly goal, right? And you may have heard of this from different speakers and different thought leaders, but really it's, 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 it's consistent iteration um, and feedback saying, hey, I'm on track, I'm not on track, let's adjust. And that will, you know, by you winning the micro race, you can win the macro marathon, okay? So that those are the steps. So and, and also education. You need, so overall, there's those are the steps. But the the themes you need are you need education, you need awareness, and you need action. And then the life or the world will give you feedback, and you adjust along the way. And and, and if you want to fast track this whole thing, model success. Do you have a friend who achieved financial independence? Do you have a mentor, a coach? a book who's uh, of an author who's already done it and they've already outlined it all to you, then you can literally, you know, copy, steal, borrow, you know, mimic their strategy and do the same thing. Okay. Next question. Uh, why real estate is a financial vehicle for, uh, for freedom? Well, <laughs> I firmly believe that real estate has been proven for the last 5,000 years to be the most powerful wealth creation vehicle on the planet. And I'll say that again. It has literally been the most powerful wealth creation vehicle on the planet. Um, and it will stand the test of time, right? There are things that will come. Crypto will come and potentially go. Um, you know, different companies will be here and go, you know. But there are... Everyone needs a place to live. Everyone needs a place to work and be and land, you know, as we, especially as population increases, will become more scarce. So owning land is very powerful. And the wealthy barons of, of, of times long ago knew that. The kings knew that. Everything was about acquiring more land. So now we're on top. Not only do we acquire land, but we're acquiring, you know, um, buildings on those lands and those buildings can serve a huge purpose. So uh, that's sort of the historical reason why well, uh, real estate helps create wealth. Next is LGS, leverage growth and scale. You can grow, you know, your patient base as a physician and, and, and increase your wealth. You can potentially make more widgets in a, in a factory and that can eventually scale to grow wealth. But, uh, the way that real estate structured, you have what well, we you get incre- uh, incredible amount of leverage. So what that means to me is, I can go to a bank and I can borrow fr- from money from friends or family or from you know, other resources, and I can only put twenty percent down and buy uh, uh, something, and the eighty percent is leveraged, and so that allows me to buy a lot more with very little. And then if that goes up in value, then I get to take a piece of that upside 
and eventually pay back the loan and increase my equity share. That same transaction can also be tax efficient. It can, it can protect their, the way the governments in the world have created the tax laws is they encourage you to buy real estate because they give you tax benefits to owning real estate. They want, they're, they're encouraging entrepreneurs and they're encouraging investment. So that's number two. Number three is if it happens to be a property that even it's a parking lot, it's generating cash flow. If it's a restaurant generating income, a hotel, a multifamily apartment complex, all these things also generate cash flow and income. So that multiple streams of income, wealth appreciation, tax efficiencies, and the fact that you can use leverage growth and scale is really why real estate is a very powerful vehicle. And the great thing is you can do it full-time, you can do it part-time, you can do it active, you can be passive. And so the optionality is another reason why this is so powerful. Um, the, the next question we have is, you know, I don't want to manage properties. You know, um, is there a better way? Yes, you can passively invest in real estate. In fact, we have a real estate fund we set up just for that. So many investors and friends I have all over the country, they're high income earners, they're business owners, they're entrepreneurs, they're doctors, they're, they're people who have incredible amount of money and they want to put that money to use. And one of the best ways is in, in certain types of real estate asset classes, um, and I have to you know, reference what I do, which is multifamily, you can essentially get probably 75% of the benefits of actively investing uh, by investing passively and not have to do any work, right? The initial work is understanding the investment, vetting the sponsor or the, own, uh, or the um, representative of the investment, and making sure that you believe in the business plan and all of that works and you do your due diligence. But once you've done that and you invest and you've wired the funds, then you get to sit back and relax and just monitor your investment and, and enjoy. So there's very few places where you can essentially get 75 to 80% of the benefits of actively investing while still being passive. So that's one way. Now, if you enjoy it, if you want to grow this, if you have that entrepreneurial spirit, or if you want to do a side hustle, or this is something you really want to pursue, then consider starting small, you know, single family, duplex, quads, things like that, or other asset classes, and then get the education. Robert Kiyosaki says, it's not the investment that's risky. It's the investor. So by, again, by, by becoming knowledgeable, understanding the nuances of that new field you're studying, whether it's real estate or anything else, getting modeling best practices, um, figuring out the protocols and the procedures and, and, and the methodology of, of investing, and then starting small, you know, making small mistakes, adjusting, improving, and then scaling up, you're able to then really create another second six-figure income or seven-figure income. So here's an interesting question. Um, market's too hot. How do you mitigate this uh, risk in the current market? We know economic cycles come and go. There are boom and bust cycles. There are growth and development cycles. And then there's sort of a consolidation integ integration cycles. Um, you know, people call them their summers and springs of, of economic uh, prosperity, and there are winters in economic prosperity. We're in a time where, um, you know, there's a concept of the 20 year economic cycle. And if we believe that 20 year economic cycle, the last time that there was a major correction was 2008. So 20 years from now it would be 2028. 
that's when we expect more of a major correction. There may be a mid-cycle correction, which we sort of experienced with a little bit of COVID in 2020. And, you know, there may be some, you know, uh, coming forward. But based on what we're seeing, there, this is essentially a recovery of what happened, you know, uh, two years, uh, a year and a half ago to two years ago, where there was, you know, um, there's a concern, uh, there's a downturn in the economy, GDP dropped, you know, we were in a recession slash correction. Now we're coming out of it. And, you know, things are looking rosy and um, successful. However, um, we as investors have to be cognizant of the fact that there may be a bubble, there may be a correction, there may be something. And the way we approach investments now is we increase the number of deals we're looking at. So, you know, when I first started out, we looked at 50 deals and we put down offers on five, right? Now we're looking at 2,000 deals to put offers on eight. And uh, we're doing a lot more due diligence. Our models have become a lot more sophisticated. We're, you know, as a cardiologist, I used to stress test patients. Now I stress test my investments. I, I, I stress test any different scenario that can be a downturn. We also anticipate some, some disturbances. And so interest rates will rise. We have more, most likely the Fed Reserve will increase Fed interest rates four times over the next 12 months. And because of that, we will buy caps if we buy any kind of floating rate, which is the predominant loan instrument most investors are using in the market right now. We buy a protectionary cap or a roof where it cannot go more than that in terms of interest rate increase. And um, you pay a little bit extra money for it, but it gives you a tremendous amount of peace of mind and stabilize your investment. Number two, we always have at least three exit scenarios when we buy a property. Number three, we don't bank on the appreciation. Our business plan is not built on appreciation. It's built on value add. So by doing value add, we do what we call forced appreciation. We're doing something to that asset. No matter what the economic cycle, it will increase in value because we're pumping in money, improving operations, improving interiors, improving exteriors, improving management skills, uh, imp uh, technology, green energy, uh, um, you know, uh, uh, increased tenant services, branding, marketing. All of that will raise the value of the property regardless. If we get the appreciation, that's just a bonus. Um, in some markets, it's 20% appreciation. In Phoenix, for example, it's about 40% rent growth right now. You know, it, it would be ludicrous to put that into your underwriting. We put in, you know, we're used to putting in three to 4%. Maybe we're putting in 5% in some markets. That's what we do as our conservative underwriting. So that's what we're doing. And the great thing about economic cycles and markets is, look, uh, it just tells you, look, if the market corrects when you're in the middle of your ownership, what that means is don't sell, hold on to it until the economic climate becomes more favorable and it's time for you to um, uh, unload the asset, right? You can always refinance the asset, you know, give the investors their money back and hold on to the asset. As long as it's cash flowing, you are safe and you are set. And of all the asset classes out there, I've chosen the most conservative asset class that has a ton of upside and limited downside, even in the worst economic cycles. There was only two years of stagnation during 2008, 2009 during, for the multifamily asset class. And, in, and then in the correction of the COVID crisis, it literally was slowed down for six months. So these are data points I use and, and try to predict uh, what I can about the future.
All right. So uh, we're coming up to time here, but I want to definitely answer two more questions I have from, from, from our audiences and all the different platforms we're available on. The next thing is, hey, what's one next actionable step the audience can take? Let's come up with your uh, 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 wealth plan. Okay, so the wealth plan is compo composed of three, three components. One, what's your number? Where do you want to be in the next 90 days, 12 months, and in three years? Okay, figure that out. Number two, what are the vehicles you want to use to achieve that wealth? Is it your primary career? Good, let's maximize that. Let's, if you own a clinic, let's maximize all the revenue of the clinic. Let's do all you can to where you're, you know, creating flexibility of time and increasing uh, the value of your, whether the, it's a practice, whether it's your, you yourself as a physician, whatever that is. Next, if you have interest in something else, then let's start exploring side hustles. If you're not interested in doing something else, then, you know, consider investing passively and just become a master of what you're doing, whether that you're being a physician, entrepreneur, a dentist, a doctor, whatever it is that you're doing as your main profession. Uh, let's maximize your impact there and then invest very savvily and very um, uh, sophisticated fashion in passive investments that will rapidly grow your wealth. And then next is to become very tax efficient. And then final step, um, I think I went more than um, one step, but the final step really would be professional accountability. Do you have a financial wealth advisor? Do you have um, a real estate agent that's going to help you find your active investments? Do you have a couple of places where you know you're going to keep building wealth with your passive investments, whatever that is? And then continuous knowledge and education outside of your main field of expertise in order to make sure you understand the financial markets, financial knowledge, financial investing, all that. And if you're going to be passive, diversify. If you're going to be active, specialize. Uh, how do you support others and how can they find out more about you? Well, guys, uh, <laughs> I'm just trying to put myself out there more um, because I really care. I want to help. I want to empower um, entrepreneurs, physicians, uh, doctors, people who, who are high income earners and we want to take their life to that next level. I want to help them uh, do that. And, uh, and it, it, people have helped me get to where I am in my life and I just want to pay it forward. So love for you to follow me on the podcast, which is uh, limitless MD, uh, the limitless MD podcast, uh, which is about freedom, wealth, and human optimization. Um, if you're interested in real estate, uh, you know, uh, check out our website, vikingmultifamily.com. And uh, otherwise, you know, uh, uh, stay in touch. I'm also available on LinkedIn, linkwithvic.com. And with that, guys, I hope this uh, episode of the Limitless MD podcast was very powerful and look forward to talking to you guys soon. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Limitless MD. If you found value from this episode, I encourage you to share this episode with a friend and let me know by leaving a review. For more information, make sure you check out the links in the show notes below or simply visit vikramraya.com. So until next time, my friends, be phenomenal.